1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Well, that didn't go as planned. I mean, I just assumed, and I'm sure many Yankee fans did as well, that This would be another series against an AL East opponent where the Yankees are going to show their dominance and start to, or not start, but continue to climb the ladder in the American League East, and the Orioles weren't having it. How about the Baltimore Orioles? I'll tell you, they were more impressive to me, certainly than the Jays, who I don't think are very good. They were more impressive to me than even the Rays, and I know everybody's making a big deal about Tampa Bay, as they should. Well, guess what? The Baltimore Orioles are only three games behind them. So while everybody's making a big fuss about Tampa and their hot start and historic start and best team in baseball, this best team in the American League East, the Orioles might in fact be the best team in the American League East just two games back in the loss column of the Rays. And they went head to head against the Yankees here at the stadium. And it was looking after a crushing loss for them in game one of this series on Tuesday night. Looking bleak for the Orioles, you figure, all right, Yanks are going to steamroll them like they generally do. Not so fast. 5-1 lead in the seventh. All of a sudden, that turns into a series loss for the Yankees. Now, we're not going to make a big deal of it. It's not the end of the world. But for a team that had the momentum in their favor, the Yankees were rolling right along, continuing to climb. Now, all of a sudden, they get punched back a little bit. And, you know, still third place. They're back four games back of the of the Orioles and seven games back of the Rays. So this was supposed to be a series where they gained some ground on Baltimore, and that was not to be. And again, it's the offense being inconsistent. And you know, Clark Schmidt did a good job after pitching around some trouble early on in that game. Yankees had to use a 15 guys in a bullpen and and try to get through that game. But either way, the offense did not do nearly enough. You give the Baltimore pitching. A ton of credit. Gibson was terrific through his seven scoreless innings. The bullpen, very underrated. These may not be names that we are familiar with, but they will become names that we will be, I guess, become familiar with at some point here because the Orioles are legit. Good, young, hungry ball club play the game well, and the Yankees didn't have any answers. Look, if they're not hitting, obviously, it's hard to win games if you don't score any runs, and even though the pitching wasn't bad for the Yangs, the offense has to do a much better job. And this is where you look at this Yankee team, you look at the bottom of the order, and you say to yourself, well, I mean, Willie Calhoun, you know, Volpe's been struggling, now dipping under 200 with that batting average. Thought maybe in a spot there late in the ninth, maybe you get a little Volpe magic again. He could, you know, fling one over the right field seats to tie the game. Was not to be. Volpe under 200. Os- uh, Oswaldo Cabrera struggling. Uh, as well, I mean, you get, you know, look, Greg Allen is not uh, necessarily a hitter. He makes you miss Aaron Hicks offensively anyway. And if the big guys aren't getting the job done top that order, Yankees really don't have um, that depth down at the bottom of the order. One thing on Aaron Boone as well, and we'll take your calls, 877 337 We'll get into the Mets, of course, with their big win over the Cubs, but why there are some issues with that club um, even with the big win. But Aaron Boone, I'll tell you, he's becoming my favorite. Now, just after I ripped him yesterday for his the way he explained his decision. It wasn't about the decision. It was the way that he explained his decision, saying that no matter what, Nestor Cortez was going to face Frazier in that spot. I thought that that was foolish. I thought it was silly. Whatever. We went over that whole thing yesterday. But Boone, who just said, didn't he just say a week ago He's got to calm it down. He doesn't want to get ejected as much. He wants to tone. He sounds like me when I say I don't want to yell at the callers anymore. No, I'm not doing it. I hate doing it. And give me five minutes, and and, uh, you know the first caller of the show takes me off, and I'm yelling at him, calling him an idiot. Well, that's what Aaron Boone is doing. Me and Booney, we're like best buds. Boone says he doesn't want to get ejected. He doesn't want to do it anymore. He goes out there again and gets tossed early on in this game. Right or wrong, and I'm not saying he's wrong for doing it, but you got to understand you can't argue balls and strikes, and it's been a bugaboo for Boone. And I get why. I mean, he's usually in the right in this particular case, and the ump didn't want to hear it. Boone got tossed, and then Boone let him have it. Good for Booney. I like Aaron Boone when he gets ejected. I like angry Boone, but it was funny. I thought that he (laughs) just said. He wants to calm down a little bit and, and slow it down as far as the ejections go. He can't help himself. And I'm with him, too. And we actually talked about this earlier today on Baseball Night New York on SNY, talking about the robo-omps. I was asking Terry Collins about it. And he said, this, you know, Terry also was known to get uh, on an ump or two. He said the same thing. Boone said that, no, I don't want robo As That question was brought up to Aaron Boone after the game. Are you an advocate for the robo-omps? No. Terry vehemently denied it uh, more so than – or was against it more so than Boone. But I don't think either of them want it. Like baseball, It's not good for baseball, but it's going to happen. Similar to Carmelo Anthony's number getting retired, it's not good for the Knicks, but it's going to happen. You know, robo-umps for baseball is not good, but it will happen. And then fans will find something else to complain about. And managers will have to find something else to complain about. But a fired-up Aaron Boone, even though he got ejected, couldn't get that offense going – And, you know, you lose a game, fine. You lose a series, eh, and you lose a series to a team that's in front of you, that's not good. Especially the way the Yankees lost this series. Tonight, it happens. Last night, should not happen. Unfortunately, it does, but you can't blow or you shouldn't blow a 5-1 lead in the seventh inning. Whether you want to blame Cortez, whether you want to blame the bullpen, whether you want to blame Boone, you can't do it. It can't happen. That's the game that cost the Yankees this series, and now instead of gaining ground on Baltimore in this three-game set, they lose a game on Baltimore in this three-game set. And as we said, now they sit um, in third place. I mean, a few games ahead of the Red Sox. I wouldn't worry about the Red Sox or the Blue Jays if I'm the Yankees. You got to look ahead, not behind you. But the gap has been widened in that second place spot. You know, for where the O's sit right now behind the uh, behind the Rays. The Rays at thirty-seven and fifteen, Orioles at thirty-three and seventeen, and the Yanks at thirty and twenty-two. So seven back of first place and four back second place. And Baltimore, more importantly, than just the standings at this particular point. Although, you know, Memorial Day is Monday. We get closer and closer to that. Today's the big or today. Uh tomorrow, technically it'll be today in a little while, you know, a couple hours or whatever, an hour from now we officially turn to Friday morning here on the fan. But take off to the summer at DJ's Bar and Grill with all the shows doing stuff from there. So you know, it's Memorial Day means something in baseball. It's the first significant benchmark. And for the Yankees, this was not a good way. And I know they have a few games here against the Padres, you know, starting with tomorrow night to, to try to get right again. But losing a series to the Orioles was not the way you wanted to finish this important stretch against ALE's clubs with the seven against Tampa, with the four in Toronto, and then, obviously, these three against the Orioles, plenty more on that on the other side, plus we 'll get into the Mets and their big win in Chicago, salvaging the finale of that three game series eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six just getting started a little two a m on this now Thursday night, soon to be Friday morning. Salicata on the fan. right, now let's get you updated. Here's Emmanuel Barbari.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink.
1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Salacotta back on the fan. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Yankees lose. They drop two of three to the Orioles, and we'll get set for a series with the Padres. Yankees are off Monday or no? No, Yankees play Monday, but in Seattle. Mets are off, I think, on Monday on Memorial Day, which is hard to believe. This should be baseball on Memorial Day. Anyway, the Mets are in action tonight, and they got a big win. How about that? Ten runs. Who would ever think this Mets lineup would score ten runs? Who would ever think this Mets lineup would score ten runs with Daniel Vogel back in it? Uh, It's hard for me to just talk about the win for the Mets because... The series was already lost. So, I mean, they have to win this game. I hope. You're not going to take any bows for winning a game salvaging a series against a team that's under 500. I mean, come on. Bad enough that they lost two out of three. So they go out there. They score 10 runs. That's fine. Alonzo with another home run. It's remarkable. The power display that you're seeing from Pete this year, 19 home runs already before Memorial Day. So, I mean, Pete is on some kind of tear, some kind of pace. I think he's still on pace for 60. I saw Anthony DiComo tweeting about that. What does that mean? Nothing, other than he's on fire right now. I mean, it's not like he's going to end up with 60, or, or we don't know. Obviously, that's going to be the case. But anyway, you love what Alonzo's been doing. Nice to see Starling Marte starting to contribute a couple of base hits, a couple of RBI as well for him. Lindor, Nimmo, I mean, and McNeil with three hits. I mean, this is what they have to do to win some of these games. Beatty contributing offensively, defensively looks shaky, so there's an issue there. Now, Canna, oh, I'm not even going to get into it. Canna's a nice guy. I don't want to really comment on that. And Francisco Alvarez stud and just continues to get better. By the way, speaking of which, remember when I told you last week about Gary Sanchez, how you are all overreacting and focusing on the wrong things, and Sanchez was washed up and irrelevant and won't be here about the time the Mets even play the Yankees? Well, I must admit, I was wrong. I thought he'd last at least two weeks. (laughs) Gary Sanchez, come on. Come on. What are they doing wasting our time with that? Please. You know you're washed as a player when you get DFA'd for the return of Tomas Nito. You know what that means, Gary? It's over. It's the end for El Kraken. What a waste of time that was even discussing Gary Sanchez. I tried to tell you. Call me Sal Stradamus! Although some of these things are no-brainers, you know the a the NL East being over last year, it's a little more difficult than it is to say that Gary Sanchez won't be on the team by the time the Mets actually play the Yankees. It's people get worked up over nothing. Now, something that is not nothing that is you know, rightful to get worked up about would be Daniel Vogelback. Where, why is Vogelback still on this team? I mean, somebody's got to explain this to me. There is not a worse player. In Major League Baseball, than Daniel Vogelback. Name one. Name one that is worse at playing baseball. I'm not talking about worse offensively. I'm talking about name a player in all of Major League Baseball that is worse at actually playing baseball than Daniel Vogelback. Name a player that brings less to the table than Daniel Vogelback in all of Major League Baseball. I'll wait, you got the number, 877-337-6666. And I'm not trying to pick on him. This is not about him, but I'm tired of seeing his name in the lineup, and I'm tired of watching him stand there with the bat on his shoulder every game. That's all he does. Even Jose Reyes took to Twitter to, do, to slam Daniel Vogel back today. You know it's bad when Jose Reyes is chiming in. Swing the bat, Bogey! Anyway, it's just symbolic of the frustrations with this Mets team and with their offense, and the fact that they would have Mark Vientos up here and not play him. I'm not saying Mark Vientos is going to be a stud. Matter of fact, I don't think he's going to be. But, but he was raking in the minor leagues. He did it a big home run in his first game here this year. Why not, you know, let him play? It's not like somebody in front of him is exactly tearing it up. They're not whether it's canna whether it's fam whether it's vogelback i mean come on i've seen enough of these guys haven't you we haven't seen enough of viento's and guess what if it's not viento's then maybe the mets will go out there and get get this a real dh a real dh but i can't take them seriously as long as daniel vogelback's on the team because he's taking up a roster spot from somebody from literally anybody that could help them win ball games more so than Vogelback can. I can't take it anymore. And you know this if you've been listening to the show. If you're not, hi, I'm Sal. I've been anti vogelback since a few weeks after watching him when the Mets acquired him. Like, at first it was fun. Oh, look at this guy. And he gets a couple of hits here or there. I didn't think that was going to be the big acquisition. Once we found out that was going to be the big acquisition of the trade deadline, and then once you get to watch him play and realize, this guy... He's not that good. He should be mashing homers, and he doesn't do that. He doesn't have a position to play. He can't run the bases. What does he do? He walks. He hits singles on occasion. He strikes out a ton. He makes weird faces. He looks like Chris Rawley Like, he doesn't do anything. People get caught up in the personality or the look. Yeah, that's great. I don't care what you look like, what you weigh, who you, know, what faces you make, as long as you play baseball. And sadly for the Mets and for Vogelback, he does not play baseball. Or at least, not well. 877-337-6666. Start of the show, of course, talking about the Yankees and their series loss to the Orioles. Ray is calling from Manahawk. And Ray, you're worried about your Yankees? Ray, are you with us? What a way to start the show. Welcome back. Chris is calling from Manhattan. Chris, what's on your mind today?
3: Hey Sal, you know Sal on vogelback, you know when he when he slumps off after he uh strikes out or does something, it feels to me like he's mad he didn't get a walk, not that he's mad he didn't get a hit. It's ridiculous
2: he doesn't care to hit, and I don't I know outside of my days in little league, i don't know if I've ever seen a player like that that didn't care to actually
3: hit yeah it's- ridiculous. i don't if it's him listen and I you know Tommy's bam. How many fans making, like, 5 or $6 million? Can a and Vogelbeck, it's just not going to work. And so I disagree with you a little bit on Vientos. I don't think we know yet, and you've said that. I think he has tremendous potential. But here's the thing. The hardest job, at least I think, in Major League Baseball is to be a part-time player or a pinch hitter. The ones that succeeded that are usually veteran players that know how to manage that. To bring Vientos up here and treat him like a guy who plays 20% of the time is unfair. And you know what? The Braves didn't do that with their prospects. The Braves brought their guys up, and they played them. And they started this season. Well, we it's, it's, not,
2: it's not everybody. You, 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 can't, you have to take them each individually. Forget about the Braves, because they actually drafted and developed good players. And they're not bringing up all their players, but they bring up some good young players. And we're not watching them every day, so it's hard to say. But some of them we've seen have an immediate impact. With the Mets, you're seeing Beatty the majority of time. He is their third baseman. You've seen Alvarez a lot of the time here. And Alvarez is now turning into their primary catcher, certainly with Narvaez out. But Alvarez is going to be one of the primary catchers, if not the primary guy. Like It's going to be a split because you can't keep him on the bench. Vientos is different. I'm with you, Chris, in the regard of or in the way that you mentioned Vientos needing to get more playing time. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see him while he's here get the opportunity for two reasons. One, because we don't know what he can do. Two, because the guys that are playing in front of him at DH aren't doing anything. So I'm okay with the opportunity. I just don't think he's going to be a stud.
3: You know, I, I wonder why you said that, Sal. So I have to say because he seems to have great opposite field power. I don't know. Look, we don't know any of this, but, but I want to find out. That's right. What I, mean. I want to find out. Agreed.
2: I'm willing to find out, and thank you for the call, Chris. We appreciate you checking in. What does not I put this phone thing? Um, I'm willing to find out. Put it this way. Anybody is better than Daniel Vogelback. Anybody. I challenge Joe in Matawan, New Jersey, may have an answer or response to my challenge. Joe.
4: Joe is here, and Sal, first time in a long time. Love the show. Love driving home and talking and listening to you. Uh, I do have to take umbrage with Daniel Volgaback being the worst player in all of Major League Baseball. He may be the worst one in the, on the Mets. He might be the worst one in New York. But Darren Ruff is still a guy, and... Uh, Gary Sanchez just got DFA. Oh, Jonathan Sanchez! Smith Sanchez is not in baseball anymore. Who, like, who's on, the other one? Man. The guy's still paid and is on a major league roster. Well, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. Are you going to give me
2: players or not? I want to hear the names. You said Gary Sanchez. He's not in the major leagues anymore, so he doesn't count. Who Gary was the says, other one?
4: Dar- Darren Ruff is still collecting at bats for Milwaukee right, right now. And He's do you know
2: why so Darren collecting- Ruff? Do you know why Darren Ruff is better than Daniel Vogelback at playing baseball? This I'd love to hear. Oh, okay. Well, it's very simple, actually, because I would love to hear your response for how Vogelback is better than Ruff, but I'll go first since you asked. He could actually take a glove and play a position in the field, maybe even catch a ball and throw a ball. Daniel Vogelback, I'm pretty sure, is the only major leaguer that doesn't actually own a glove, like one glove.
4: Oh, Eloy Jimenez doesn't own a glove. J.D. Martinez doesn't own a glove. Oh, okay. So, uh, but you mentioned those guys, right? I'm pretty sure but, those guys but, can what hit. we're talk- the, the guy we're talking about here is Darren Ruff. We can talk about Dom Smith. We can talk about Aaron Hicks. We can talk about Gary Sanchez. They're all worse players than Vogel. No, they're not.
2: Right no, they're not. I'd rather have all three of those guys than Daniel Vogelback.
4: I-, I disagree, Sal. I okay, but I l- tell me why. Why right? do you like? What about Vogelback? Do you like? has, first of all the, the 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 ability he has in the clubhouse is what it is I'm not going to ability, say that ability
2: ability in the clubhouse ability. what is what are you talking ability. about ability in the clubhouse
4: you think he's not a good clubhouse guy oh what are you
2: are you in the clubhouse or something did I miss something are you in the clubhouse I didn't say I was in the clubhouse but do you think all these players hate him I have no idea what's what is it's irrelevant I mean, I'm asking you what makes him a good player. You bring up the clubhouse and you're not in the clubhouse. So no offense, but I don't think you're qualified to to bring that up. Right? Fair enough, then. Okay. And, and me what, neither, for the what, record. Although I will say that I talk to people regularly who are in the clubhouse with him. Whether his teammates like him or not, though, is irrelevant. So anyway, tell me what you like about Vogelback playing baseball.
4: I, I did enjoy the, the, the hit that he had this evening, the single through the middle. Oh, yeah. The shift has, has certainly given him a lot more of an opportunity to get hits because he was just murdered by the shift last year.
2: Oh, and yeah. Think- it, it must have been the shift. It's either that right. or or the fact that, I don't know if you know this, Joe. I'm assuming you do. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. To get a hit, you know what you have to do to actually get a hit?
4: Yeah, you got
2: to run to first base. No, no, before that. Before you can run to first base, what do you have to do to get a hit? you got to put the bat on the ball. Right, you have to swing the bat. That is something that Daniel Vogelback, and thank you for the call, Joe. I appreciate the challenge, although I feel like you have been defeated. You actually have to swing the bat to get a hit. I didn't say he was the worst offensive player in Major League Baseball. I said he's the worst baseball player in Major League Baseball. A baseball player should be somebody that can play the field, that can run the bases. You mentioned Eloy Jimenez. You mentioned J.D. Martinez. Those guys are better offensive players than Daniel Vogelbach. Plus, they can run the bases a little bit better. Not that J.D. Davis is, you know, great on the base pads, but at least, excuse me, J.D. Martinez. J.D. Davis, you take him right now. Not that J.D. Martinez is, you know, a speedster, but still he's a better offensive player than Daniel Vogelbach. Those guys do something well. You know, like they could impact the game by swinging the bat and hitting a home run. Daniel Vogelback doesn't play baseball. And for a DH that doesn't play baseball, you better hit. And to hit, you got to swing the bat. And that's something that Daniel Vogelback doesn't do. It'd be like a player in the NBA that doesn't want to shoot. Imagine this, a player in basketball that can't dribble, can't run, You know, up and down the floor. He can't move up and down the floor, can't dribble, but doesn't want to shoot. Like, that's the equivalent. I mean, maybe it's not a good analogy, but I'm watching some games here in the background and it came to my mind. Vogel back is extremely limited. All he could do is be an offensive player. And he's an offensive player that refuses to swing the bat. And even if he does, on the rare occasion, decide that maybe he's getting itchy and you know what? Uh, I don't want to just go up there and look like I'm not you know, swinging the bat at all. You got to change it up every now and again. Let me swing the bat this time. Even if he does that, guess what? It usually results in a swing and a miss. And if he actually does make contact, like close his eyes, oh, my God, I hit the ball, It's and it finds a hole, it's a single. Is it too much to ask for Daniel Vogelback to hit a home run? Is that I mean, or do we not want the Hs that hit home runs? By the way... In a time where everybody is talking about having versatility in baseball on Major League rosters, oh, well, this guy, I can't call up Vientos because he only plays third. We got a third baseman. He only plays first. We got a first baseman. Yeah, but at least he can play third and first. What does Vogel back to? So at a time where baseball is all about flexibility and versatility, how can you possibly justify wasting a roster spot with a guy who can't do Anything. I'm still waiting for somebody to tell me. I've been watching. I'm 43 years old, unfortunately. I've been watching baseball all my life. This is not me picking on Vogelback personally. I don't know him. I don't care to know him. Has nothing to do with that. It's about watching him in the major leagues. I can't even say play baseball because he doesn't do that. Watching him in the major leagues attempt to be a major league baseball player. I'd love to have somebody, for once, tell me what he does. Like, if you ask me what Pete Alonso does, I can tell you. Pete Alonso hits with power. He's a home run hitter. He's a guy who's improved defensively at first base. He's a guy who, when he's going right, can actually hit for a decent average for a power hitter. He'll drive in runs. What does Lindor do? Lindor's an excellent defensive player. Lindor's a guy who's going to drive in runs. He's going to hit with some pop and hit you 20, 25 home runs a year. Should have that average up there, you know, around 260 or so when he's going right. Those are easy guys. Let's go with somebody else. What does uh, Luis Guillorme do? Well, Luis Guillorme is an excellent bench player. You know why? Because he could play a little short. He could play some third. He could play second. He'll put the bat on the ball on occasion. Is he a great offensive player? No, but he could play second, short, third. Give you major league at bats. That's what he does. So now I'll ask you what does Daniel Vogelback do? And your answer is going to be this he walks. And then my answer or response to that is going to be well, that's not playing baseball. Walking is not playing baseball. Uh, let's get back to some of the Yankee talk here, Mickey the Gravedigger. Mickey, I got to be honest with you. I love that you've developed a character here as a gravedigger. Can we start calling you Mickey the Marine? Because I don't even. No, want- no, 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 no. No, no. I can't call you a gravedigger. You're a Marine, no, no, no. for goodness' no, sake. No.
5: Nope, nope. What Never do you mean?
2: No, con- you want to be Mickey the Gravedigger? Con-
5: we caved that. We had that conversation earlier. I don't like that.
2: All right, uh, but I I just wanted to throw that out there because you know I have great respect for you. And I don't want you to take it in a disrespect, uh, disrespectful way, calling you you the Grave Digger.
5: No, I like that. I am a Grave Digger.
2: <laughs> All right. Okay, fine. What do you got for us, Mickey? By the way, it's going to be your birthday in about 40 minutes. So let me be the first to wish you a very happy birthday.
5: Thank you very much. Ciao. So, okay. What the hell? The most action we had tonight was in the third inning when uh, Boone got thrown out. It was like... Uh, the Yankees uh, that that uh the home plate was a uh, a uh was a uh a black hole, okay. And then we did nothing. And then uh, judge, I mean, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Cole did his job right all game, right? Did and then finally we get to the end. Judge David Schmidt,
2: you talking? Right? You talking about tonight?
5: Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean. I, yeah, no, no,
2: okay. you're all right. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, Clark Schmidt did his job. and mean, he went five, did five innings. Job,
5: did, did what he had to do right? Then we judge had to do what he had to do. Got on base, right? Calhoun really did his job. Mm -hmm. You know, got judge to score, right?
2: Yep, Calhoun with a big hit, keeping hope alive, bringing the tying run to the plate. And Anthony Volpe,
5: wait, Gibson with a six point seven ERA, right? And what does Volpe do? Swings at a full junk ball. And end the game when we could have won it.
2: I like you I cleaning mean, that well, up there, Mickey. Good job. Mickey had to get well, to, we had to hang up on him the other day for cursing on the air. So I like that well, you went with a clean word.
5: ever again. Yeah. It ain't never happening again. All right. and Because I have control. And you know what? And and it's sickening. <laughs> because last night we're talking about winning this series. We're going to win it. No, we didn't. We and, and, and this is not just a team. This is our rival. This is our division rival. It's the Boston, it's Rays, and it's the Orioles. Right, this was was a bad
2: series loss, but this was more, Mickey, on last night's game to me than tonight. Tonight happens, Gibson shut them down, offense didn't have it okay. 5-1 lead in the seventh inning at home. You cannot lose that game. Figure out a way to get a win, and they didn't, and that's where they lost this series.
5: Yep, and then I got a little game for you, all right? Okay. All right? Before I end, all right? A game? Hmm. Okay. I I say something, you give me one word. Okay. okay? Yeah. Jets.
2: Jets? Did you say? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Knicks. Patrick Ewing. Mets. Yeah, Daniel Vogelback. Yankees. Aaron Judge. Atlanta Braves. Fred McGriff. Delicato. Superstar host on the fan. Come on, Mickey. That's a layup. What are you kidding me?
5: Legend. That was my answer. Oh,
2: I love it. Now, wait. Before I let you go, I, I do want to say something. I know you don't like the attention here, but I do
5: want to say yeah, something. Yeah, but don't add It's not me. Not, whatever I told you to say, you say. What do you mean? Oh, I thought you were talking about what I... The, what we were texting about earlier. Well, what you don't want me to mention
2: that with you here on the air?
5: Yeah, you can mention about just just shout out him.
2: Yeah, I will do that. I just want to say though that you remind me as a Marine, right? As a as a Marine, that because it is lost on a lot of us, Mickey. That and it's very important to acknowledge and recognize what Memorial Day actually means. And Memorial Day, of course, is a day to honor those that lost their lives, you know, fighting for the country and right. dying for us as opposed to Veterans right. Day where, you know, people get that mixed up where you thank everybody that served. So it is a day where you remember those that died for right. us. And, and
5: that's why I didn't want to be thanked.
2: Well, I know that and I'm not, but I'm thanking you just in general, not for today yeah, specifically. Yeah. But you, did you want to give your shout out to somebody or you want me to do that for you?
5: Yeah, you you can um yeah, uh Uh, You can do it for
2: me. Okay, and and I appreciate the call, Mickey. Thanks for the time, as always. And like I said, I mean, you want to be called the Gravedigger? That's fine. I think it's fun as well, but I make sure we want to be respectful, knowing that you are, of course, a Marine, first and foremost. And, you know, just give a shout-out to Francisco Pancho Fernandez of the 5th Regiment. This is uh, Staff Sergeant Francisco Pancho Fernandez, 5th Regiment. Um, uh, And, you know somebody obviously very meaningful to Mickey right there, and he wanted me to acknowledge him. And I know he doesn't feel comfortable talking about it, doesn't want any uh, accolades or anything like that. But I did want to mention that for him on the air ahead of Memorial Day, uh, you know, while we're talking to Mickey here and going into Memorial Day weekend. And I know everybody out there is going to be having barbecues in the beginning of the summer and all that stuff. But remember what's important here. And this guy gave his life to protect someone else and save their lives. So it's it's one name of many that deserve to be mentioned and remembered and acknowledged. So we wanted to make sure we do that here. We appreciate Mickey, of course, being a, a great fan of the show and a great caller and listener. Staff Sergeant Francisco Pancho Fernandez, 5th Regiment, 2nd uh, Marine Battle uh, of Fallujah, I believe it uh, is how you say it. I'm not sure, Mickey, that's why I wanted you to say it, but sure, you want me to say it, that's fine. But we honor him. And think of him on this Memorial Day and many others as well. 877 for all those who lost their life serving this country. 877-337-6666. We'll continue with your calls on the side. Yankees, Mets, whatever else is on your mind on this Thursday night. Soon to be Friday morning Memorial Day weekend on the fan, the big party today. Or later on uh, tomorrow, I should say at this point, from DJ's Bar and Grill. You got the warm-up show with Alan Jerry. Boomer and Gio will be there. Tiki and Tierney will be there. Carton and Roberts will be there. Everybody's going to be there uh eight except me i will not be there Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. 337 6666 more your calls on either side salakata
0: on the fan i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me
1: in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562 314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
2: Salakata back on the fan. 877-337-6666. I'm actually so excited about this weekend. Not just because you may want to hang out and have some time with the family and all that stuff, but I finally have done it. I am going to become an adult I'm going to really officially become a homeowner. I ordered mulch, and I'm going to put it down myself, or at least attempt to. Got the order, you know, Home Depot, whatever, dropping it off Saturday morning, get a nice little Saturday plan. Actually, the beauty about this Saturday for me is nothing is planned, absolutely nothing. But I'm going to wake up nice and early whenever that delivery comes, And I'm going to go outside and I'm going to put mulch down. Now, I'm going to have, you know, 30 bags of mulch or whatever it is that I have to figure out how to open, how to put it down. I don't have a wheelbarrow. I don't don't even think I have a shovel, as a matter of fact. I'm going to be screwed here. But I'm going to give it a go. And the reason I'm going to give it a go is because my wife doesn't want the yard to look like crap. And because, you know, if you don't put the mulch down, the weeds grow. And then the weeds grow. And I'm like, well, who's picking those out? I'm not doing that. And... The long guy would do it, but it's very costly. And you get the estimate, I swear, it was, and I'm not saying it was high or not. Like, I have no idea what it should be, what it shouldn't be. And we love the long guy, does a good job. But it was over two grand to put some mulch down and put some plants in. And I'm like, there's no way I'm paying anybody $2,000 for something to do with the yard, which I couldn't give a crap about. I mean, I don't care. I couldn't care less what the yard looks like. You can, especially the backyard, front yard, whatever. All right, it's maintained. It's fine. You trim the bushes, whatever. They do the lawn. Looks great. Yeah, wonderful. Water the lawn whenever I need to. Actually, not. It's not bad. Figured out. You just got to water it. And I was being too cheap, trying not to have the uh, the sprinklers on all the time. Because once I got that first water bill, I was like, "What are you kidding me?" Anyway, so I, I've learned to water the grass. Pretty simple, and it looks. Pretty nice. But the weeds and stuff, I'm not doing the mulch. I'm not doing it. Every year you got to lay out for this mulch for one. I don't care. We don't have anybody over anyway. Nobody's seen the backyard. But, you know, when my wife starts bringing it up and she wants it. And by the way, Memorial Day, or the day before, actually the 28th, we got married on Memorial Day weekend. How many years ago now? 2017. So whatever that is. Sixth anniversary, I guess, on Sunday. Big wedding anniversary weekend plan. Mulching the yard. And here's what I know is going to be the problem. I'm not going to be great at doing it, right? It's like my first time doing it. So, I mean, I don't know if you have to be great at doing it. I don't know if there's a certain way you put the mulch out. To me, it's just pretty simple. Drop the bags off there. I'll pick a bag up. I'll cut the thing open, and I'll spread it out. How hard can it be? Get a rake, or if I don't have a rake, I'll get a fork from inside and just, like, move it around with the fork, you know, Whatever. Something's got to just use my hand or foot. It can't be that difficult to put mulch down. And the mulch itself, it costs me like 200 bucks for 30 bags. Two grand to plant some plants and put mulch in? No thank you. But here's where the problem's going to come in. Because I learned this when I tried to repair a toilet a few weeks back or a few months back now. My wife looks at me and says, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to fix the toilet. No big deal. I know what I'm doing. And then I break the toilet and then I have to go get another one and replace the whole thing. And it it costs an extra 300 bucks. And at that moment, she said, don't, I don't ever want to see you do this again. You don't need to prove to me you're an adult or a man or anything. You don't know what you're doing. So let's just get somebody to do it right. And now here I go again, trying to prove that I can handle it. Don't worry, honey, I got it. And something is bound to go wrong. And I know my wife is gonna be right there, ready to hold me accountable for it. So wish me luck. But I'm excited for it, believe it or not. I want to get this done. How how hard could it be? How long could it take? An hour or so? Yeah, what could it how could it be? They drop I don't have to go pick the bags up. They drop them off right there. I open it up, I spread it out, that's it. Game over. Put the weed block down or whatever, you know, that black tarp. Should be good to go. Anyway, 877-337-6666 is the number to call Start of the show talking about the Yankees and their loss. So the Orioles losing two out of three. We mentioned some Mets as well. Robbie is calling from Lennox. What's up, Robbie?
3: Here, we're calling from three. Yes, how are you, Sal? Good, Robbie. How are you? Great. I'm good. Great show tonight. Well, I'm much better because you made me laugh. The whole bumblebox thing. And by the way, mulching's not that hard. I was just doing some weeding this week. You just take the weeds up. Let me tell you something. If a Jewish kid from Westchester can weed it, then do mulching, you
2: can do it. Believe me. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like most of <laughs> most of the things in life are people like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. Anybody right. can do it. It's just a matter of if you want to actually take the time right, and dedicate exactly. yourself to doing it and doing right, it well.
3: Exactly. Right, exactly. Well, I try to take the time with my girlfriend. Anyway, listen, you know, is there a better word than despise about how I feel about Aaron Boone? I mean, baseball has hit the bizarre world, okay? I know the Yankees have been playing well, and, and, and the positive, so I'll, I'll take the positive first time, okay? Clark Schmidt, nice outing, okay? Maybe he's getting a little bit better, right? Okay, I don't expect him to be in the rotation when these guys come back, maybe. But but you know what? Let him get the confidence. So, good, good outing. But you have the biggest game of the season against your division rivals, who now you play only 13 times. You come up with two hits in eight innings. First of all, IKF's been hot. He's sitting on the bench, okay? Labor is batting leadoff, All right? He's been batting well. But here's what I don't understand. Harrison Bader is a, is, a, is a cleanup hitter, and Aaron Judge is hitting second. So your guy with 62 home runs is hitting second, and the guy Bader, who has speed, who could be put at the top of the lineup as a a leadoff hitter, is batting fourth. And here's a guy from three generations of baseball, so I just said this to Connor. How does this make any sense? I don't get it. I'll never get it. Baseball and basketball have become completely stupid because of all this analytic nonsense. Can we just have the same batting order two days in a row? When I was a kid, I knew who was batting first. Who's betting second? Who's playing each position? It's like yeah, and that's one
2: I just, thing I loved about Buck yeah. and his lineup last year. For the most part, that one yeah, through right. four, yeah, right. You, you pretty much knew what you were getting. Yes, with yeah. that lineup. Now, obviously, this year it's changed a little bit, but still, you pretty much now know what Marte being moved down, what one through four is going to be. Right. The right. Yankees do not have that. It's somebody what? different all the time with them.
3: I mean, I mentioned this on my show all the time. I quote you as the dad applicator. I always say, look how it says the data applicator. I mean, it's more than that. It's just plain stupidity. You have a man that has 62 home runs. Every time he comes up, it's a solo home run. Can't you bat him third?
2: Can't See,
6: you say, okay,
3: it's so dumb. It, I, it's will, dumb I will
2: disagree, Robbie, and thank you for the call. I will disagree as far as having Judge in the two-hole. A- initially, I hated the idea of it. You know, when it first started becoming a thing a couple of years ago where, you know, you put your best hitter in the two-hole. I love Judge in the Yankees lineup hitting second. And there's nobody that I'd rather have up in front of him. Like, think about it. I know what you're saying. Initially, yeah, he's hitting home run, nobody on. But ideally, as a two-hitter, you can have some of the guys in the bottom of the order coming, uh, getting on before Judge comes up. You know, it's not like he's batting leadoff where, you know, we've seen that a little bit, but I don't like that idea how would you, for me, I don't have a problem with the lineup the way that it is right now uh, with judge number two, Rizzo behind him. Stan's going to come back. He's going to be the four hitter. Uh, he's getting closer to at some point returning, hopefully, and then he could stay there. But it's not about the way that they have the batting order. It's about how they're giving guys rest, constantly moving guys in and out of the lineup. And it's never the same lineup or never anything close to, to the same lineup. That's what drives me nuts. But I would get on Boone more so for his pitching decisions than the lineup. Adam is calling from Waterbury, Connecticut. Adam, you have an issue with Vientos not being in the lineup?
7: Yeah, I do have an issue, Sal. Um, first of all, I want I want to talk about a win for once, so I'm happy that the Mets won tonight. Um, and you were asking what Vogelback do. I'm pretty sure he can put down mulch, so you might want to ask him for a <laughs> hand. Could definitely push a wheelbarrow for you. <laughs> That's a great point. He
2: may not be a good baseball player. Maybe he could give me a hand with the mulch this weekend. I'll invite him over.
7: Yeah, you should. You should. Um, I, got, I got an interesting stat from a buddy today <laughs> that the first 11 pitches Vogelback saw, he didn't swing at any of them. So I don't know why Cubs pitching didn't just float it down the middle for him. He's just going to take a walk. And then another ground ball hit. Just like you said last night, he's always hitting ground ball hits. So he did a little something for us. Yeah, I mean, and
2: by the way, this is on a night where, and that's why it's not just about the results of one night. I'm not flipping out because Vogelback went 0 for 5 with five strikeouts. I'm flipping out because I'm tired of watching Vogelback in a Mets uniform. I was tired of it last year. And now it's enough. And now everybody else is joining the party. I saw this a year ago saying, this guy is not a good baseball player. Why is he on this team? Uh, the, the, they picked his, up his option, and I was upset. I wanted him off the team. So imagine how I feel now after watching him be even worse than what he was a year ago. I want him off the team. But he did get on base tonight uh, a couple of times with one of those walks, with one of those singles. And look, really having his presence felt.
7: I, I, I agree. I want him off the team, too, and I think the biggest issue is we called up Vientos. We're going to need to add somebody at the deadline, whether it's a starter, whether it's a bullpen arm, and he's raking in AAA, so if we're not going to see what he is in the MLB, why didn't we keep him in AAA so we can at least trade him at the deadline like a smart management would do? So I just want to hear your opinion on that because I don't know what we're going to do with them now. We've got nobody else to trade down there.
2: Trading so. who do you want to trade?
7: Viento. Oh, because right. They kept him in A so, Right. So we at least have trade bait to, if we're not going to play him up here.
2: Right. The way that they've handled him, Adam, and good call. Thank you for the call. The way that they have handled him has not made any sense. I don't believe the Mets wanted to call him up to the big leagues, but because he kept hitting a home run every freaking night and the Mets weren't hitting, they kind of had no choice. He forced their hand. But what good is calling him up? If you're not going to put him in the lineup, if you're not going to play him, you might as well have him down in the minor leagues. And then the Mets' retort to that would probably be, well, yeah, we told you we didn't want him up here, but you guys are you know, calling for him, so we, you know, they appease the fan base by bringing him up here, and now they don't even play him. So what's the point of having him here? I don't know if this is a buck thing. I don't know if this is an organizational thing. Whoever decision it is, they're mishandling it. And maybe Vientos is best suited to be a trade piece at the trade deadline. But I'm not sure what his value is. And if the Mets don't play him in the major leagues, how how is he going to gain any value? If he's up here and he's not playing, you know, that's not going to help his value out. Like I said, I don't believe Vientos is going to be some superstar, but I'd like to actually see him. At least get a run. Give him a week. Let me see six out of seven starts for him. And when he actually starts, let him play. Don't take him out after two at-bats. For two reasons. One, to find out what you have in him. Two, because nobody else is doing any damage in front of him anyway. And if you're not going to play him and you don't think he's major league ready, then keep him down in the minor leagues and trade him. Assuming that somebody would want him. Anthony's calling from Michigan. What's up, Ant? Hey, Sal. Love the show. Thank you. Love
6: your passionate Rangers coverage this spring in particular. Appreciate it. Um, I have two comments for you. Uh, One, speaking as an Orioles fan, I absolutely think the Yankees, and Schmidt in particular, got the short end of the stick consistently tonight by the home plate umpire to the point where I thought it affected the outcome. Uh, What surprised me as someone who lives in Michigan, therefore I can watch the yes and the mass and feed at the same time, it was the Masson feed. The Masson team was more upset about it than the Yanks uh, team was. And I realize you probably couldn't watch the uh, Yes Post game because you're working. But um, And maybe Jack was being diplomatic, but Jack was downplaying it to an absurd degree. I mean, sure, both they didn't help Schmidt's first inning pitch count either. But the number one reason why he was sitting at 70 pitches in the early phase of the game was that ump. Um, And it changed changed the complexion of the game. And
2: Boone is usually not wrong here, Anthony. When he fights like that, that vehemently against the umpire, there's a a legit reason for it. And he was clearly saying, anybody, you don't need John Boy to break it down for you and lip read. He was saying you missed four pitches. Four. How do you do that? That's a significant amount. So I'm not saying that Boone was wrong. As a matter of fact, I don't mind him getting tossed. Uh, I'm just saying that Boone, it was funny to me because he just said earlier in the week, or, or I think it was earlier in this week, maybe it was the end of the last week, whatever, as the last time he got ejected, he was saying, I, I don't want to go nuts anymore and keep getting ejected. i got to slow that down. And here we are just a few days
6: later, and he gets tossed again. Yep, and I, I thought for a good reason. And so, Agreed. I, yeah. I, I don't think this is news at this point, Sal, but the Yankees and Orioles, injuries are or not, are just about even now in May, top to bottom. And both teams will likely get better, right? And the Orioles are certainly going to get better as they log sort of more innings and games. But I was stunned by your comment last night. And, and maybe you were just talking tongue in cheek. He'll tell me it didn't sound like it where you just sort of took a, a Yankees win tonight for granted. And then went further to state kind of emphatically that the Yankees are the best team in the AL. And, <laughs> I mean, I, I think those are a concern for the Yankees, but that's before we spread the discussion.
2: Yeah, the I, the I, I feel, I still feel like the Yankees, now remember, part of what I'm saying is that Rodon will come back, Stanton will come back, Donaldson, who knows if he's going to be impactful when he does come back, but I also trust... Brian Cashman and the Yankees' front office to make moves. Now, will they be the right moves? Who knows, but they will make moves, and they should have more resources than the others, whether it's the Rays, whether it's these Baltimore Orioles. So, ultimately, I think the Yankees will be the better team, and I do trust them. But I'll tell you, the same way I felt that the Yankees were better after watching them versus the Rays and the Blue Jays, this series, to me, put Baltimore officially on the map. They they are a team to be reckoned
6: with. In the last two weeks, they beat the Rays two out of three. They swept swept Toronto in Toronto and beat the Yanks two out of three in New York. But, again, that's just the O's. I think the Yankees have more pathways than any time in recent memory where they actually might not even make the playoffs. And it's less about who the Yankees are and more about the teams around them who are emerging. I mean, I think they'll make it, but I don't think we should be shocked. If they don't, and I don't know that they have all the resources and, and the right front office. I mean, look, the Orioles don't have the money, but but they have more in the minor leagues. They have more player talent. that They can get anybody they want at the deadline. I mean, they can get anybody they want. Right. Um, and, and what we learned last year from Cashman at the deadline. I mean, are we just going to forget? Uh, and I listen to, to, to a fan all the time. Are we going to forget what happened last year at the deadline? There was a gap with the Astros. We all knew it. We all saw it. In the series right after the All-Star game where the where the Yanks got swept by the Astros, we all saw the gap. We all knew it was there. And Cashman didn't shrink the gap at the deadline. As a matter of fact, the gap widened. I don't know why we would trust him to to, to shrink. Well, I don't know about make this, this year. Again,
2: I, I trust him to make moves. I don't know if I trust him to make the right moves. And thank you for the call, Anthony. Good stuff with your Yankees. Remember, Cashman did get Harrison Bader last year. That made a huge difference in the postseason. You didn't think of it then. Everybody was like, what the hell? You giving up on Monty for this guy who's hurt? Who is this guy? Harrison Bader? His numbers are terrible. And you saw why Cashman wanted to go out there and get him. They needed a real center fielder. Bader is just that. And he's a gamer. He plays with an edge. He's a guy that has come up big in big spots dating back to last October. So that was a big-time trade. Frankie Montas, the complete opposite. Stiff. They should have never made that deal. Rather than go out there and get Luis Castillo, obviously that didn't work out for him. And they don't want to give up what it would have taken to get him. But my point was not that I trust them to make the right moves, that I trust them to be aggressive in trying to build this ball club and make it the best that they could be. It's it's still the Astros. It's the Yankees and the Strohs. Look, you could throw in the Texas Rangers. They've been really good this year. Do, do they concern you? I'm just going based off of the Rays being the best team in baseball by record, and I saw what the Yankees did to them. The Blue Jays are supposed to be a threat. I saw what the Yankees did to them. The Orioles are legit. Avery's calling from Manhattan. What's up, Avery?
8: Hi, Sal. How are you? How are you, Avery? Good. I'm good. I was at the stadium today. Firstly, before I get into it, though, I want to say I love your show. I think it's very entertaining. I think you do an excellent job. I also appreciate how when a caller is not very uh, intelligent for the sake of us who want to listen to, to good voices and for yourself that you get rid of them, I think it's good. And you're doing it in a good way. Well, thank Not you. <laughs> so, if you get any hard time for that, I, I, I will try to make it feel better because I like it. Well, thank <laughs> you,
2: Avery. I appreciate that. Thank you.
8: Um, that being said, I hope I'm someone who knows a little bit about what they're talking about. So, I did want to get well, in. Well, your, you're about.
2: off to a good start because you seem to have good taste in radio hosts.
8: Oh, well, well thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> 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 uh, I agree. No, uh, well, buttering you up before I get into it. Yeah, uh, I know, so exactly. Me
2: now, hit me with it. Let's go.
8: Alright, let's go. The Yankees tonight. I, I mean, tonight, this series, I think Boone and his analytics, it's too much. Boone, the, He's a buffoon. Boone the buffoon, that's my opinion right now. I think everything you've been saying these past few nights and then some, he needs to focus more on what the players need in the moment, not what they should be or not what the matchup says they are, and I think that dictates a lot of who comes out of the bullpen and when.
2: Right, but last night, right, for example, with Boone, where he says, I was going with Cortez against Frazier. He was facing Frazier no matter but what. No matter what. How is that even – how can you say that as a manager? No matter what, he was facing Frazier. That's a horrible yeah. thing to say. So, yes, it, it. that's not an exact uh, example of what you're talking about as far as bullpen matchups, but it's a matchup there with the starter that he said no matter what – Cortez was facing Frazier.
8: How'd that work out for you, Booney? Very terribly. You walk a guy, you put a guy on base, and then get a home run.
2: Right. But that's what he gets for going based off of the matchup without managing with what his eyes are seeing. I have no problem leaving Cortez in there for the seventh inning, but after a walk, after a base hit, common sense would tell you, hey, you know what? This guy struggled all year long third time through the order. He's hit a wall in the fifth inning. He's through six so far. Now he allows a walk and a base hit. Let me get him out of there. And instead, he said, no, he's got to face the lefty, and look what happened. So the numbers, you you know why with those numbers in that particular point.
8: Right. It's, it's just it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel like he is putting his heart into it. It's more that he's looking at a computer. And I think there's plenty of analysts on that team who can do that part. But he's got to focus on who his players are and what his team is and what they need and when, you know?
2: Right. I think that there's a fine balance there, Avery. And thank you for the call and for the kind words. I truly do appreciate them. There's a fine balance there that Boone is... I don't, I want to say still trying to figure out, but I don't even know if he is. I I think that, and I'm not trying to dismiss analytics, but you can take all that information and you could fill out lineups and you could have an idea of where you want to go in certain spots with certain relievers. The game plays out on the field, not according to what your computer says how the game should be played out. You got to watch that game. Now, Here's where – so last night was the prime example with multiple angles to it because the computer and analytics would have said, get Nestor Cortez out of there after six innings, right? The guy's hit a wall all year long, third time through the order. He just gave you six strong innings. You have a 5-1 lead. Get him out of there. So Boone instead says, you know what? Screw that data. I'm watching him. He's dealing tonight. I'm going to I'm gonna roll with him in the seventh, which I'm fine with. But then after the walk, then after a hit, you've got to be thinking, okay, I gave him an opportunity based on what he's done all year and what I'm seeing right now in this inning, let me go get him. But instead it was predetermined based off of the data that he had against him against lefties and Frazier against lefties, whatever. That Cortez was definitely facing him. And he got burnt. 877 337 6666. We'll continue with your calls on the other side. Go until 2 a.m. Salacata on the fan.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.